Welcome to the new and improved The Portuguese Football Show, brought to you by Prosima Jornada. It's been a while. It's definitely been a while. We've missed so much. Been away, had some issues with schedule, time and um, trying to sort of align our, our work commitments. And the podcast had to be put on the back burner, to be honest. Lots of people have been asking, when's it coming back? Are we bringing it back? And the plan was always to bring it back. I just didn't realise that it would take so many months and basically midway through a football season before we can kick off the new season. But we are back. And um, yeah, we've got some cool new artwork, cool new music, but two things have remained the same and that's myself and Philippe. Philippe, how's it going? Man, that's a beautiful introduction as well. <laughs> Absolutely loved it. Now, yeah, we're still the same. Uh, back, back stronger. And um, to be fair, we came back more or less a month before the World Cup, which is what really matters. Yeah, I mean, to some it'll it'll seem that we've actually timed this this return to perfection, but we haven't. It was just this was the time when we were both available to get it going, and I finally got things sorted out, and we're able to come back. So I really enjoyed recording, obviously the first bulk of episodes that we did, and other people at home listening along, loved it as well. So it, it has been a shame to not be able to record for the last couple of months, but we're definitely back, definitely back this time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as always, the, the show's the show's content will pretty much the same. We'll be covering the Portuguese, um, the Portuguese in Portugal, domestic fixtures, looking at big games, some tactical insights and analysis as always. Then looking at the Portuguese abroad, players and coaches, any big headlines that are in the news that week, and then also the uh, the Celisau, which is where we're actually going to start today. Philippe, you just mentioned a month. I think it's a month today uh, that the that the World Cup kicks off. So, um, where better to start than this gargantuan fifty-five man squad, which has been uh, which has been circulating on the press? We posted it. On Twitter, so if you if you haven't already had a look at that list, just head to Prosimajan another one. You'll be able to find it pretty easy. Uh, as I say, fifty-five man squad. A couple of other nations have rumoured to have a fifty-five man squad as well. We were just speaking before off air. I don't know what the fascination is with with the number fifty-five. Maybe it's a FIFA requirement or whether it's just. Um, I, I saw England have uh, allegedly got a fifty-five man squad, but they haven't released the names. Um, but. It's the Portugal squad that we're con- concerned with. There's some names on there, Philippe. I know we're a bit bemused. There's some names on there that I'm really happy of being included that probably won't make it to the 26-man squad, which is due to be announced, I think, on November 10th. Uh, I might be wrong if that on that specific day, but it's definitely around then. Uh, I'm sure I did read it was November 10th, but uh, don't hold me to it. But yeah, m- middle of November... Sounds about right. So, on the 24th of October, so not a long time at all between this 55-man squad and the 26-man squad being announced. So, lots of chopping and changing for Fernando Santos, but let's just um, let's just start on the list itself, Philippe. 
Uh, and if you're listening at home, probably best to get the uh, get the list up in front of you. But we'll try and keep you as informed as possible. Um, there's a there's a player on here who we, we spoke a little bit about before, who I don't think has made a competitive appearance for his club no. only to be for fair. the under twenty threes. I was quite <laughs> critical, like critical on on we talking about Cedric Suarez. But maybe it's like to relate. So we all have someone in common. We we could be technically we could be on this list now, because <laughs> for me I had the same number of top flight games this season than Cedric Suarez, mm-hmm. which is zero. True. So it's just a, to make everyone thinking. See, we could make it if if I wanted. We we could have we could have made it. Each um, of the stars. <laughs> So yeah, I to be honest, I don't understand the fifty-five. It doesn't make sense. Then fourteen day in um, twenty-four days, fourteen days. My math's not great. Fourteen days, sixteen days, something like that. Um, yeah, we're gonna have twenty-nine names, yeah, twenty-nine so. people having their hopes completely destroyed in in a matter of of two weeks. So it, it it's a bit weird. But um, in terms of the names itself, it is it is true that at least it's nice to see that. People are trying to, or the Federation is, is paying attention to names that we've been speaking for quite a long time, like Vitinha, which I, I spoke about. I think, to, to be honest with you, I don't know if it was in a podcast that we ended up putting out or just one of our talks. There, I would take Vitinha last year to the, to the Nations League. For me, you've been on the national team for a year now. Um, I think was as well on a podcast with, with Proscout that we did that I think is a better version of, of Andres Silva. Um, so I would not take Andres Silva, I would take Vitinha. I think overall he's a way better player. So that's quite nice to have him on this list. Bet Definitely. as well. It's yeah. shocking how he doesn't have an, even a cap. Um, for him, the I, I prefer Vitinha than him, but it's nice to have him on the list as well because we haven't seen him anywhere near a national shirt for, for since he since he really came into the scene at, at Portimonense. Mm-hmm. So those two, I'm really, really happy to see. The other ones, in Centimids, there's nothing really new. There's all people that we know. It was probably on the list. Um, obviously, the one that I don't think, or Fabi Vieira, would be quite hard to have him on the team because obviously he's playing more um, the Europa League than the, in, in the Prem. Um, yeah, sparingly, he's not, it's not as if he's... I mean, to be fair, when he has, when he has came into the team, he's... He's look good, but as you said, it's not as if he's getting huge chunks of minutes every week for Arsenal. As yeah. as as expected, to be honest, I mean, going straight into the Premier League at a club that's fighting at the top of the league, uh, you know, looking like at this moment title contenders. Obviously, that can always change, but um, yeah, and to be honest, with the way that they've been playing, it's harder to get into a winning side because Miguel Arteta is probably thinking, well, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Um, but yeah, I agreed on that one, definitely. Yeah. And then I think I only had a, a, a like um, really moment with Fabio Cardoso. Um, I don't think since he moved to Porto uh, last year, he's been doing enough to to be on this list. Um, but maybe he needed he had fifty three, and he thought I'm gonna put in Cedric and, and Fabio <laughs> to make the fifty five. Um, but yeah, I don't think he really has a chance. To be any near anywhere near this this squad, there's quite a yeah. Diogoate is playing really well, so I think we'll be probably have more hopes than than Fabio to to be on the team, even if yeah. he doesn't doesn't recover. He's but someone nice. I wanted to come to actually, but yeah, you you were right. It 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 is nice to see some of some of the names because 
I think you mentioned it before. It's it's an indication that the Fidelis are at least watching. They're at least attentive. Um, you know, another name from one of the attackers, Jota. Uh, the, yeah. the Celtic Jota, obviously, Diogo Jota's been ruled out through injury. Um, then you also look at the likes of the the Pedro Neto being ruled out with injury. Kafa Silva's retired from international football, so it it it's not a huge surprise that he's been included on the fifty five. Um, but again, it's just an indication of he's been playing well, obviously domestically, but he's been playing well in the Champions League as well. I think he leads Celtic for like chances created, dribbles completed. Um, when when they've looked good in the Champions League, it's it's been through him. Um, I forget what 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 match it was recently. I covered for Eurosport. Uh, I think it was Celtic Shakhtar Donetsk. I give he was he was my man of the match in that game. No bias there at all. Thought he was he was uh, he was fantastic. So he's shown that he can do it sort of at a high level. But then again, the the league that he's playing in and the opponents he's facing week in week out probably does do him a little bit of a, a disadvantage in Fernando Santos's eyes. And um, yeah, there's there's a there's a couple of players in there. I think you're spot on regarding Vitinha. The that's the Braga Vitinha. The the the, the Paris Saint Germain Vitinha is obviously a shoe in. But yeah, he's a forward we've spoken about many times. He brings something different. His work off the ball is fantastic. Uh, he can score goals. He's I think he's shown this season. I think he scored goals in the Premier League. He scored goals for Portugal in the twenty one when they've played. He scored in the Europa League. Uh, he's you know sort of no matter the opponent, he's uh, he's been performing well. Um, and then yeah, the, someone that I wanted to come on to, you touched on him before, the other light. An interesting one because he was he's a player that's had a sort of up and down career so far and it looks like it you know it could be going back out for him. When, you know, obviously Porto won the under nineteen UAP Youth League, it was looking at that time like at least one at least one of Diogo Light or Diogo Queiroz would establish themselves in, in the next couple of years as as a Celisau central defender for, for years to come. That obviously didn't materialise, and then he had the loan at Braga, and you know it's it's sort of it it hit and miss, and then he's quite rightly he's at Union Berlin, and I think they're still top of the Bundesliga yeah. uh, at, at, at the moment, which is um, I think they're a point clear of, of of Bayern Munich. Obviously, early days in the season, but to see him performing well, and I think they've kept a good good number of clean sheets as well. He's in the team. He's playing, um, which is which is good to see. I mean, obviously, when this does get cut down from fifty five to twenty six, a lot of those names that we're talking about were probably casualties, and the squad will start to look a bit more familiar. Um, but yeah, you you touched on him before, Beto. It's for someone who doesn't start many games. He's, I think he's got as many goals as he's got starts. I think five goals. Five starts and the eleven appearances overall. He's shown that he can come off the bench and be an option, even for for Udinese. I know they've been playing with, so say Gerard De Lefeu as a striker as well, and um, the other guy Isaac Success. Then you've got Beto who comes in. He started the last couple of games, so he knows what it what it means to come off the bench. So he's you know he's definitely, I think should should be an option for Portugal. But as you said, it he hasn't even had a sniff of of national team. Um, call up to any squads or sort of had any any involvement, and then there's players on this list. I think the more obvious players, 
who you think will be a shoe in. We've had really disappointing seasons so far this season, uh, and uh, you know that's it might sound harsh, but the likes of Gonzalo Gedge, who's put in some good performances for Portugal, he scored, but he's he scored scored a couple of big goals and come up in big moments when Portugal have needed them. It's been absolutely woeful for Wolves so far this season. Um, really surprising to be honest. I thought that would have been a player who could adapt really quickly and and sort of get up off the mark. And I know Wolves overall haven't been great, and it's you know they don't even have a manager at the moment. They won't have a manager until twenty twenty three. They're sticking with the 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 guy who's in charge at the moment. And yeah, I think. Even even Mateus Nunes, even though Wolves have been playing badly, he's still managed to put in, you know, some decent performances. But yeah, someone like Edge, disappointing so far this season. Um, what are your thoughts? Are there, are there any names on here, Philippe? That not new names to the list, but more established internationals that you you maybe a little bit concerned about their form going into the World Cup. Well, there's quite a few, actually, for different reasons. So, down the back, the one that gives him major concern is Pep, um, because obviously he's going to come up to the World Cup without playing for around four or five weeks. Um, so, that's concerning. Then, up front, you have Ronald, with all the situation at Man United. He's now risking the fact, actually, that he's going to spend another month without playing football, which is a massive concern. Um, and João Felix which everyone thought by now it would be an absolutely all-time starter for Atletic. He would be starting for Portugal every single time. And now I'm not even sure if I would take him because if he's going to play five, ten minutes every week, he's probably not not up to the standards. So those three, obviously Gonzalo Gage, like you mentioned as well, but, but those three I would be <laughs> very concerned. Um, yeah. Because you can see all of them going, all of them being important, especially Ronaldo and Pep, and you don't really know what you're gonna get from yeah. each of them. It's 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 every obviously every single position in football is important. They all contribute, but some of the players that are coming into this in poor form are in such vital positions, like you say, Pep, the heart of the defense. Someone who you know when he, if he plays and he pulls on the Seller South shirt, he'll give. 110% every single time and he's he's had some wonderful performances over the years but coming into this without much game time people can look at it on one hand and say oh well he should be coming into the World Cup you know at least he, he won't be fatigued but then if you if you understand football you know that the best thing for players is to be playing football and be playing consistently because fitness is one thing but match sharpness you, you touched on it then Cristiano is you know, this talk, he was training with the under-21s or something and, you know, Ted, the whole issue with Ten Hag and especially after, like, walking down the tunnel the other day and coming out and apologising. It, it seems like there's just a new story all the time and it seems like, oh, he may be moving in January and that'll all be resolved. Well, that comes too late for Portugal because, obviously, the World Cup's before then. So, between now and then. Uh, and, obviously, Ten Hag has came out as well and said, and quite rightly, fair, you know, he's not to get too into that discussion, but if he, as a manager, sees fit that the team are playing better without an individual in the team, then he, in his eyes, no one's got a God-given right to be to be in the side. The, the whole argument comes about 
the disrespect or the you know the alleged disrespect or has he went about it the right way and making a warm up and not bringing him on stuff like that. That's another another matter, another concern. But yeah, one of the biggest concerns is that if he when he is coming on, he's not having the impact that he probably would like. That Man United fans would like. That Tim Hag would like. At the end of the day, he's been employed to win football matches, um, and he's going to pick the best team he sees fit to do that. So again, yeah, that, that that's a concern. Ronaldo's another one who, if he plays for Portugal, which he will, and he'll start that. You know he'll he'll give everything, of course, and with it being his, you know, his last World Cup, he will be, you know, really really fired up for it. But coming into it without much football is is not great. Um, and then yeah, I think a lot of the names on there we do, we we do expect. Like I said, Danilo Pereira is coming back. I think he's now back training. He was injured. Nuno Mendes is is uh, was out for a couple of weeks. Is um he's back on the mend, and then it, you look just looking through some of the names. It's 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 easier to pick out players who aren't going through the best of moments at the moment than it is to pick the players who are absolutely flying. Uh, you know, Bruno played well the other day, which which was good. Obviously, whenever he puts in a good performance for Man United, that's always good to see. And he hasn't had the easiest of seasons so far. Um, Bernardo Silva, of course, is is just. Bernardo Silva, uh, magnificent. He was he was great again the other day and provided an assist. But yeah, um, I suppose actually there's one name I didn't even think to to, to mention that has started the season brilliantly, and that's Joel Polina. Mm-hmm. And um, when he's on the pitch, <laughs> I think he's already saved his a suspension already uh, for card accumulation. He was actually the first player. In the Premier League, to to he's the quickest to reach the card limit to be suspended, which is um, no surprise for anyone. Cause, yeah, because he did give an interview recently. I think it, I can't remember who was it too. Was it maybe Canalons or something? And he said, uh, "I like it in England because you feel like you can put a tackle in." without the referee blowing a whistle like every five minutes the way they do in Portugal and then he goes and gets suspended so clearly the referees aren't as lenient as he's making out um, but yeah I, I, I half take his points but yeah it wasn't really backed up by the evidence he's been brilliant under Marco Silva this season uh, for, for Fulham um, you know I think he's he's, he's uh, he scored goals um, I don't know whether that's goals plural but um, he's yeah he's winning tackles he's He's near the top for stats for like recoveries, interceptions, tackles, all the things that you expect Joao Bellini to be doing. He's doing well, um, which is great. And then you've got the um, I touched on it before when I mentioned Gonzalo Gedge, but if you look at this list, the amount of players that do play for Wolves, so you've not just got one or two players that are going through a bad moment because the club's going through a bad moment. You've got you've got quite a few. You've got a significant chunk, and. Um, Joao Moutinho, when he is playing, isn't particularly playing well. Uh, I mentioned it before, Mateus Nunes, uh, you know, Gonzalo Gedge, Nelson Semedo. Uh, even Jose Sarr is playing at the minute with a fractured wrist. I don't know whether that's like completely healed now or what, but again, it's just another sort of, you know, even though he's going to go to be a backup, it's still not ideal. Um, and yeah, it seems like all the stuff that went on with Ruben Neves the other day with, with him giving an interview talking about Barcelona and 
it just seems like they're a little bit all over the place at the minute, the Wolves players, and going into a World Cup, that's not great, but just hoping that by the time the World Cup does come around, they've managed to um, to settle into a bit of a rhythm, because I do think results breeds confidence, and you can separate international football and club football, of course you can, but if players are going into their international camps, and they're coming off the back of they're just getting beat every week in the in the respective league that they're playing in. Can't be any good for confidence. It, it, it just it just can't be. You don't want players who are coming in who when they're back with the club, they're involved in, you know, a relegation battle, which is basically what it is for Wolves. You want them at the top end of the table, flying, playing well, scoring goals, assisting, keeping clean sheets. So I think it's a little bit of a concern, but yeah. What do you think? <laughs> what I think is, if there was a wolf funds listening to this, they'll be crying at the moment. Like, yeah, just... I think they'll and they'll be agreeing as <laughs> well. The they'll be crying and agreeing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but yeah, it's for, for wolves. Yeah, there's a then yeah, like that, quickly. That's a problem of teams like them, isn't it? Which is uh, a lot of plays look at them as a stepping stone, and when everything goes fine, that's okay. But when it's starting going badly um it's it's hard to everyone to pull it the same direction um but i'm going to push a bit on the sport so should we quickly do the 26 that we would take to the world cup now that we have the 55 cost and taking well jose Sa needs to recover with that fractured risk wrist but i'll be taking him uh, and then it's a toss-up, to be honest, between Patricio and Lopes. I, to be honest, I haven't kept a, an eye on how Lopes has been doing. Um, who would you go with as your third choice? I would go with... I, I would not take Shuzessa. I would go Costa, Rui Patricio and Tony Lopes. Okay. I don't know why I call okay. him Antonio Lopes. He's Antonio Lopes. <laughs> Antonio Lopes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that, that, that's fair enough, to be honest. I mean, whoever your third choice keeper is, it's... Uh, it's not going to matter too much, hopefully. Um, and then, yeah, the fair defenders. I mean, Danilo is a strange one because Danilo can obviously play as as a centre back and a and a centre mid, um, which I suppose is good. It's good for Portugal. So yeah, try and do the defenders first. Who who, who would you have? Uh, because I would play like a four four two to be able to bring an extra centre mid into the into the mix. I would take two right backs. So I would go with. Diogo Dalot and João Cancelo. Left backs, I'll take Nuno Mendes and Rafael Guerreiro. Centre backs, I'll take Danilo, Pep, if he recovers. Ruben Dias. And then on my last one. Mm, it's, this is the one. It, that's the taken? one, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and Tony Silva, I think, is too soon, so I would not take him. David Carmo, I don't think he's been good enough. Domingos Duarte, mm, not 100% sure. Fabio Cardoso already. Told what I thought about him earlier. Jose Font, I don't think, is no longer up to the standard. So I would actually take um, Diogo Leite because he's playing a lot of games in one of the best nice. leagues in the world and he's doing really well. Um, would, and be then honest, because. That, that would have been <laughs> Yeah. So I would take D7, so D6, two for each place, I think would be enough. Yeah. So we've got, we've got two, two for each position. Um, sorry, yeah, so yeah, two for each position in the defence. So you've got six. Um, sorry, you've got um, how many players have we got with the goalkeepers there that we picked so far? 
So I have I'm nine plays top. chosen so far. You got nine. Oh, okay, okay. So you've got seventeen players left to pick, and we've got to obviously go through midfield and attack. So got to go with. Have a look at that list. Um, Bruno Fernandes is going to go. Bernardo Silva is going to go. Whether he's classed as as an attacker or a midfielder, I don't know. Sounds just like to use him as a winger, uh, which is uh, quite frustrating. Vitinha, <laughs> um, Joao Palhinha, Ruben Neves. How many have I got so far? Is that five? Yeah. Five out of me seven, so I've got 12 left. Um, so I'm just looking at this list now. I'm thinking... To be honest, William Carvalho has been in fantastic form. I know some people won't like that. No, he's some, been amazing. There's a, there's a section of Portugal fans though who just, if they see William called up, they just think it's oh, it's Fernando Santos up to his old tricks. Uh, you know why is he still relying on him at his age? I watched the Atletico Betis yesterday, and I know they end up they end up losing the match two one, but again in that first half, William was playing like a more of an advanced role. He was playing as like a number ten. Yesterday, uh, and he was brilliant. So he'd be he'd be in my side. I wouldn't take um, João Moutinho. I wouldn't take him. Renato um, Sanchez probably too injury prone. Uh, he's he's just came back now. I like him. He'd always Portugal well if he was fully fit. But to be honest, what are the chances of him getting injured in the next couple of games for PSG and then being out anyway? Um, Help me fill in the fill in fill in my blanks. I think I've given seven or eight players there. Maybe who else on that list? You've got Joao Mario. Would he be in your squad? Mateus Nunes. Actually, I forgot about him. He's in the squad without a doubt. And there's a player in there as well who I'd who I'd take. Who I don't know whether you agree or disagree with me on. Um, but I'd take a Tavio. Tavio be in my squad. Of I think course. he offers us. I think he. But there's just still. There's still a section. There's still well. There's still quite a, a vocal section on social media, anyway. Who, who, you know, I don't know whether it's the, the, the Brazilian thing or the fact that he antagonizes the opponents so much. The fact that Benfica and Sporting fans absolutely detest them. But as a national team player, he he just offers you something different. He's yeah, class in his position. He's you know one of the best players in 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 uh, obviously in Liga Portugal. So. Yeah, he'd be in there. Is there any you disagree with or anyway you'd have it in there? No, yeah, I think I think we would be very similar because I would take eight in this because it'll be two for each place plus two extra. So I have like as my defensive mid will be Ruben Neves and Palinha. Then I'll bring as an eight Mateus Nunes and Bernard Silva. Then I would have uh, on the middle as well Bruno Fernandes. And then on the right, I would take just just for numbers. Otavio Vitinha, they can play anywhere. I just want a lot of players that are able to keep the ball. And then yeah. on the left, I would have João Mario to do exactly the same thing. They does have Benfica but on the opposite side. And then as my extra one, I feel I missed out someone. Yeah. William Carvalho will be yeah. my eighth. Yeah. So yeah, pretty pretty much pretty much the same. Um. So how many have we got left? It'll be five up front. Five up front? Right. Let's have a look. So the names 
to be honest, we should have been reading out the names that are on the list for the listeners at home. So, the names that are on the list, you've got Cristiano Ronaldo, Joao Felix, uh, Jota, Pedro Gonçalves, Daniel Pudence, Rafael Leao, Andrei Silva, Bip, Gonzalo Ramos, Paulinho, and Vitinha, Braga Vitinha. So, Cristiano Ronaldo, Rafael Leao, um, God, we're not blessed, are we? <laughs> can I take Jota? Are you having that? <laughs> He's not going to go. You can do whatever you want. I'm going to take him, but I'm, but I'm taking him. I'm taking him. I think he gives you something that Portugal lack, to be honest. Um, again, we're not factoring in really that Fernando Santos will play Bernardo Silva as a winger and we don't want him to do that, but it probably will. <laughs> um, because in his head, he'll just be thinking, hey, he's got a lot of energy, he helps out the full-back, get him on that, get him on the uh, yeah. get him on the flank. Whereas, you know, for Man City, he's one of the He best hasn't seen a game of Bernardo Silva for City since his first season. No, I don't think he has. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do. I do. I think, yeah, Joao Philippe, Jota, I think he just gives you, he's dynamic. I think he's he'd have a point to prove. He's quick off the mark. He's got a great change of pace. He's tricky. He's in, he's coming back from injury again. I think every Portuguese player has got some sort of injury at the moment. Uh, he hasn't been in the squad for the last couple of Celtic games, but as far as I'm aware, he's back in training. But yeah, in an ideal world. So I've got five. So I've got Ronaldo, Jota, Rafael Leao. I know you said you probably wouldn't take him, but I've taken Joao Felix as well. And... Um, Oh, Beto, Gonzalo Ramos, or Vitinha? Hmm. Have I got two more or one more? One more. One more. <laughs> Give me Vitinha. <laughs> Give me Vitinha. <laughs> I'm, it was a toss, to be honest, it was a toss up between him and Beto. Um, they're both in good form. They're both, you know, playing enough football. We yeah. would only have oh, one different then, because when I said about John, John Felix, it's something that I'm worried about, but I would still take him, because like in my idea of how Portugal should play, which is a lot of keeping the ball with John Felix, Bernard Silva and Bruno Fernandes being quite close together, um, I, I would take him as well. I would take Ronald, Felix, uh, Rafael Leão, Titinha, and I would take a player that is under the midfield section by... I. He, he's not midfield, which is Ricardo Huerta. I would, I would oh, take Huerta okay. as well. Yeah, that's a good shout, actually. I completely missed him off with him being in the midfield section. Um, yeah. Maybe not I'm massively tempted. different. I'm tempted and I don't to think he'll be missing by be much because Fernando <laughs> Sense will use more or less the same plays. It's just then how he puts them on the field that doesn't yeah. make much sense. Yeah. Um, well, in our view, I guess. So. Yeah. You've made me want to swap out of the water now and put him in for for, for Jota. So I've just had Jota I'm spending on the plane. Five minutes about I, yeah, <laughs> I, I booked him his ticket. To be honest, I completely I was looking at the names in green and completely forgot that. Yeah, Horta's down as a that he, yeah, he's more of an attacking option though, isn't he? But yeah, I think he deserves to go. But again, as you say, it's 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 more how how the players are going to be used, um, and how we settle because we've got talents but how was it utilized and yeah he's um, got me so excited by the way 
it's it, it's got me excited, but at the same time, the, the pessimism is all it's almost starting to creep in. I'm thinking, I'm looking at this list and thinking, which one of these players is gonna let me down? <laughs> You're getting way too Portuguese, mate. <laughs> yeah, the, the, that Portuguese pessimism, uh, just no, um, no. I think I think it'll be once the squad's announced, then you know that'll be it. And then obviously Portugal have got a game not long after that against Nigeria. Yeah. Oh yeah, seventeenth, seventeenth of November, quarter to seven kickoff. So this the the, the squad gets announced on the tenth, and then obviously they, they play Nigeria a week later. So it'll be interesting to see if there's any sort of last minute tweaks or changes how we set up, or whether that's game's just basically a trial run for the first game of the World Cup. I think it's to give minutes to the players that he's going to take that we spoke earlier. They're not going to yeah. play much. Yeah. I mean, we've got so much to um, we've got so much to to look forward to in terms of us recording as well. We'll be doing lots of stuff around the World Cup. Obviously, the campaign will kick off for Portugal on the 24th of November. Four o'clock, that's four o'clock UK and Portugal time against Ghana. And then four days later, uh, the, the big one in Group H, Portugal, Uruguay, that's at seven o'clock on the uh, on the 28th. And then uh, the match against South Korea on the on the 2nd of December, which is a three o'clock kickoff. So some interesting games in there. There's, there's interesting opponents, to be honest. Um, but again, it all depends what Portugal turn up. Because it could be the the swashbuckle in Portugal that sometimes turns up with the attacking free flowing football, which we have seen from Portugal. People think you know it just doesn't happen, but it is. Uh, it tends to be the other side of Portugal that we see that can frustrate the life out of us and not really get the best out of our best players. But Fernando Santos will be thinking this is his last World Cup as well as Portugal manager. Can we? Uh, can we really put on a, a good show, a big show? Ronaldo will be hoping to improve his World Cup legacy. Portugal hasn't tended to do too great in the World Cups, even though we've had a, a much better go in the European Championships, sort of in the 21st century. The uh, the World Cups haven't been too great. Uh, but, as I said, we'll, we'll be covering that a lot more when it comes to it. 